We are in the basement. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, Dance Robot Dance, episode 195, where angels deserve to die, where childhood has ended. I don't know. There's a lot of things going on in the world, but we're here in our basement just having a good time. Did you write that or is that just like off the top of your head? Just off the top of my head. I think we need to get you into a therapy session. That's what Fiona Apple is for. Right. <laughs> we'll I talk about that. We we'll can talk, talk about, about that. that. We're yeah. going to talk about that for sure. So this is our first basement recording in a very long time. Uh, we haven't done one since last summer with Tim and Christy when we did the Nemesis commentary, if I'm not mistaken. Right. That might be the last time I set this shit up. Yeah. And the last time we did this together was back in 2017 when I visited Canada for the first and only time in my uh, six-year stretch in Korea. Yep. Uh, well, now now first first of two times, I guess, technically. Cause technically, this, this is, is a, a visit. visit. I guess. Yeah, it's a very long COVID-19 <laughs> fucked in visit, but it is a visit. It is a visit. Right. It so. is a very intimate visit between brothers. Not in that way, you sick fucks. That's but, gross, yeah, but yeah. also... Not wrong. Yeah, we are weird in close quarters constantly. So yeah. uh, enjoying our cooped up uh, self isolation inmates running the asylum kind of situation that we've got going on here. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. So we got a good episode, a fun episode for light episode for you today. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're we're keeping it, you know, super fluffy light. as fluffy as I possibly could yeah. manage, fluffy. which is. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So uh, let's get into our nerdy news. Oh my God, my tabs are gone. I'm just going to cut you off at 90 minutes because like, I hate long episodes now. We're not going to do a long episode. We've I'm got against long episodes. Now. We're just going to do it real quick. Freezing? <laughs> no, that's accurate. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's see. Let's go back seven days. What's important? I mean, first of all, Justice League Dark was kind of the main, I think it was kind of the biggest story that, that got announced this week. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Bad Robot will be helming a Justice League Dark. Not just Justice League Dark. We should You should open the tab and make sure we have details, because they were doing some Stephen King stuff, too. Like, I think they're doing the Overlook show. Yeah. I think that's them, also. Hold on. It's the, uh, the Warner Brothers deal with Bad Robot is starting to take effect, and the first thing that they got J.J. Abrams and his crew to do was kind of... I guess giving them Justice League Dark's not a terrible way to get them their feet, toes dipped into the DC waters, right? Yeah. Because they're not touching anybody important. Like, who's the biggest character they're going to handle? Probably Constantine. Constantine, definitely. Right? And like maybe Zatanna. Mm-hmm. And like, Zatanna's such a... I, I love Zatanna. Like, I've drawn Zatanna a million times. I love yeah. Zatanna. But like, she's a B-list character at best. Yeah, for sure. She's a niche pick. Yeah. She's not even... I've seen some wicked fan casting, though. I'm like, I saw Anna de Armas get called out. I saw, who was 13 on House? I can never remember her name. 13 Beautiful. on Beautiful. House. Olivia. Olivia Wilde. That's it, Olivia Wilde. Yes. Olivia Wilde would be a wonderful Zatanna. She'd be an Definitely. excellent Zatanna, yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, so let's take a look at the show. So, HBO Max will... The first series, Duster, is to be co-written by J.J. Abrams and Latoya Morgan. The second series is Overlook. Yeah, it's based on Stephen King. Yeah. And the third is Justice League Dark, um, which has no showrunner attached to it yet. It is currently, we're waiting to see who the creative team is going to be behind that, but I'm hoping that... It's not Alex Kurtzman? Yeah. Yeah, I would... Uh, actually, you know what? Give it to Alex Kurtzman. Because you want to know what that hat means? 
means he's not on Star Trek anymore. I don't know. A lot of these guys have a lot of fingers and a lot of pies all the I time. I feel like we need to excise Bad Robot from some of these conversations as much as possible, and that just doesn't seem to be happening. Thank God they screwed up Star Wars so badly, they probably won't get asked to do anything at Disney for the next little while. Uh, here's hoping. And this exclusive at Warner kind of ties them up, so there's yeah. that also. But. I was mentioning in the chat that monopolies are bad generally speaking not always we have some benefits of like the marvel cinematic universe really but it's not a monopoly technically i mean there's still dc still makes movies yeah technically if you can call them that sure hey man wonder woman was good yes it was also aquaman was watchable as was shazam sure Sure, and we Harley Quinn was quite good. Yes, it was actually. I can't, still can't call it Birds of Prey, but like no, Harley Quinn was very Harley good. Quinn was pretty good. Yeah, but we can't really call those wild success. And well, no, but, I mean like Birds of Prey got COVID kicked right in the box, yeah. basically. So yeah, I was gonna say in the balls, but that's totally inappropriate for that movie. <laughs> Absolutely. My issue with Bad Robot specifically is always that the these particular creators aren't David Lindelof. Are, are you right? And they're just. <laughs> It's just a cadre of white dudes that ha- seem to have monopolized a lot of genre TV. And they seem to try to be telling a lot of different kinds of stories, but they're always with this kind of... Paul, it's been an evil AI on Star Trek three seasons running now. <sighs> yeah. Three seasons, man. Exhausted by the Bad Robot production storytelling style. And you're not even a Trek guy like I am. Yeah. Think about how I feel right but now. But you forced me to watch all those I did, seasons. I did. I'm a prick. But we do a podcast where we talk about nerd shit. So it kind of becomes like, do we not talk about Star Trek because we hate Bad Robot? Because <sighs> it is something we watch. It is it I is mean, indeed. I watch. I'm watching it regardless. Yeah. It's got Star Trek in the title. It's going to get watched. It's, so. just, it's just that I would... I'm trying to pick up genre TV that distinctly is not in that... St- storytelling style because maybe we both need to watch the expanse and just shut our mouths we need to watch the expanse i wanted to get into winona earp i like when i watched the first two seasons of that i I like that actress is a letter kenny actress Mm. right the lead yeah melissa oh man i cannot remember her last name the only person one of three people who's actually on instagram that did not click like on my letter kenny drawing of them although that one i kind of want to redo now winona earp actress it's melissa Melanie Scrofano. Shit, Melanie Scrofano. I'm a piece of garbage. Sorry, Melanie. I know you're never going to hear this, but you know. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I wanted. She's hilarious and also awesome as Monona Earp. You should watch that, man. You'd like it. I feel like it's really right up my alley. It's very much, I would call it, I don't want, this is going to sound bad, but it is very like Chick Supernatural. Like it's got that vibe. I'm down with that. Yeah, so am I. And like, I mean, not that Chick Supernatural isn't just supernatural because like those boys are. Very handsome, you know. Like yeah, just very handsome. So I totally get it. I like yeah. both shows. I'm a big fan of both shows. Yeah. I would, I would keep hoping. I know the Supernatural's ending, but I was hoping before it ended we would get a crossover. They did <laughs> not do that. the The lore doesn't. The lore would be hard to, to fit into the Supernatural very established 15 years lore now, but because yeah. their lore is a little different. But it, it, it's an excellent show, and you should totally watch. I'm gonna. Give Everybody it a- should watch Winona Earp. Actually, it's really good, man. Canadian yeah. show. Canadian actresses, Canadian staff. Hey, man, I watched all of Orphan Black. So did I. Is, I did not care for it by the end, but I, I did watch it. it. Yeah. And I, I just need to um, extricate myself from that particular cadre of writers because I am really... David Lindelof is the one that I'm always like, God damn it. Like, he's still one of those guys, but I will 
always at least look at what he's doing. Absolutely. Like, did, wasn't he, was he Daredevil? Or was that that was Greenwood, wasn't it? Yeah. He he has earned that for me for Watchmen, sure with yeah. Watchmen. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Another big piece of news that we have to talk about this week is SDCC has been canceled this year officially. Mind blowing. The first time in like 50, 50 years. years. Yeah. 50-something years it's been can- it has been canceled. COVID-19 has claimed another convention. And they're already talking about like NYCC just like not happening. Yeah. It's, these uh, are all these cons that I was supposed to do this year. You know what I mean? Maybe not SDCC, but I was like NYCC was like my big, my, was going to be my first big like crazy con I mean, yeah. aside from fan expo we're gonna do fan expo because it's local yeah but fan because ex- fan expo is huge yeah fan expo is massive but like nycc was gonna be my first like oh we're gonna go travel and do a big comp like con yeah and now i'm fucked and i'm yeah. like this sucks i really wanted to go do that i've never been to nycc i was really looking forward to going yeah there, so i was looking forward to when i came here i was expecting to every weekend at a con with mark right yeah, Basically, yeah. well and i wanted to take sewing lessons with grandma so that i could make some cosplay and learn how to do that while doing some pretty like kind of basic cosplay mm-hmm. um find casual some cos- that casual cosplay stuff yeah closet cosplay popular. kind of stuff yeah uh, but still learn like the basics of construction so that i could level up as i went along yeah. and then because it seems fun and i when i have done cosplay i've really enjoyed it yeah i wanted to do more kind of, more cosplay where was i anyway this is it is a very sad thing that the crown jewel of the con circuit has yeah been yeah. i was canceled. uh i mean it's like really i've been up. i've been hard on watching the all the kevin smith like podcasty stuff that he's been doing lately because like entertainment is limited and i just like listening to people ramble like, apparently while i'm working mm-hmm. and he was i was watching it last night and he was just like heartbroken because that's like he's been to every single one for 20 years or whatever mm-hmm. and i was like oh man i really wanted to go at this point like this was gonna be my year hopefully to go but nope 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 yep see what else is big we had we had some deaths voice actor deaths weirdly enough um two voice actor deaths one was a japanese voice actor who did a lot of voices for kingdom hearts and final fantasy keiji fujiwara did a lot of voices for final fantasy 7 and for kingdom hearts like really big he did axel in kingdom hearts who's one of the main characters on the antagonist eventually protagonist side and Oh, yes. Uh, the Resident Evil 2 voice actor for Leon Kennedy has died. The original uh, or the reboot? The original. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Or uh, not that's, cool. That sucks. But Yeah. Paul Haddad uh, has passed away as well. And these are both Japanese individuals? No. Paul Haddad was actually the North American oh, voice okay. Fair for... Okay. Uh, if you guys remember the... Don't want to speak ill of the dead but the quality resident evil 2 voice acting that we all remember from the early playstation era all of that voice acting that has become iconic and been made into a lot of every meme video game every meme copy pasta all that weird stuff good times yeah yeah sad it is sad I mean, we're, just, we're going to hear a lot of these, I think, I feel like. Yeah, it's just going to keep going. So we're not, I don't want to focus too much on no, the deaths. Just stay inside and wash your fucking hands, kids. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, absolutely. just do what, do what, don't listen to the president. Listen to what, like, professionals are telling you to do. Yeah, listen to professionals. And do we, is there anything else we really want to talk about? Everything's delayed. Yeah, everything's just delayed. I can't think of it as anything else news-wise that I had like, oh, we should talk about that. I mean, I, first of all, there's all the auctions going on to support comic book stores. I know we should bring that up probably. Mm-hmm. Um, there's awesome stuff going on. I mean, I, nobody I know can afford any of the art that's getting auctioned <laughs> off. Yeah. Um, they're like, But like original art by Jim Lee, by Brian Hitch, by... Yeah. 
some of the fucking heaviest hitters in the comic industry to support the retail side of the comic industry and stuff like that. Jim mm-hmm. Lee was on Fat Man on Batman this week or Batman, Fat Man Beyond or whatever the fuck they call it now to talk about his weekly or daily. He's doing 60 days, 60 drawings, basically. And which like having done it Inktober, that's two months worth of Inktobers. Mm-hmm. And he's putting way more work in it than he probably needs to. He's still working, right? Like he's an executive at DC Comics, so like they're still doing stuff. They are starting to ship books again, also. Mm. Uh, April twenty eighth, I believe, we're gonna start seeing the first set of the so the books that were gonna come out on April first that they canceled when Diamond stopped distributing mm-hmm. uh, are going to be coming out on the twenty eighth. Part of them, so they're gonna take that big glut of books and like parse them out over the course of May, so they can ramp up and get the next set of books kind of going. So you start getting new comics and stuff like that. Uh, the next couple of weeks too mm-hmm. so like things are gonna stay isolated and distant from each other but you know business is business and has to keep churning i guess mm-hmm. so yeah uh taika has talked about that he's not going to do fat thor for yeah i saw that thor love and thunder That's which fine. is good yeah um i'm glad because i thought Fat, Fat Thor or Bro Thor. Um, be such a fucking stuffed movie with all the characters they're talking about putting in there. Yeah, like I, feel but, like, I feel like Hemsworth's going to get lost. And that's my one concern: is Hemsworth getting lost in the midst of all that nonsense? Yeah, so. there is a lot going on there, but yeah. I, I have hope. Oh no, I mean it's Psycho, so I'm kind of like he crushed Ragnarok, you know? What mm-hmm. I mean? So like that's fine, totally yeah. fine. And I think that's all I want to talk about. Cool. Yeah. So let's move on to our geek of the week. That's even, it's even more fun to watch you guys do a lonely sting when I'm sitting across from geek you. Geek of the week. Yeah, it's pretty great. It it's is. wonderful. Um, this is where we talk about the geekiest thing we did this week. So, uh, Mark, what was geeky for you this oh week? Oh, my God. My computer died. Oh, sadness. Yeah, I had like a full on like motherboard shit the bed, like BIOS fucked loop thing so and like i not it's not really geeky because i haven't actually done anything to it yet aside from spend like a day trying to like troubleshoot and get it to boot over just like the worst possible fucking timing in history and it was, wasn't actually what i was going to talk about for geek of the week but then i was like that's all i've really done for the last three days is fucking smash my head against my desk because my computer just stopped working <laughs> so thankfully I got some hardware coming thanks to mom and dad. So I'm I'm basically doing the upgrade I wanted to do this year on my computer. Out now, of sheer necessity. Out of sheer necessity, yeah. Cause the it's just it's just one of those like the board is just out of date enough that it's hard to come by without going on eBay and spending five hundred dollars to replace it. And then it's Which, also Which fuck you computer industry for that forced obsolescence bullshit. Yeah, but I mean like that I mean fine, fuck whatever what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just like, so I basically have to throw out the brain of my machine, my old machine. So like processor, video card, and RAM all go because the board doesn't take, or like I couldn't get a board that would take all that stuff and just like move over to a new board or a a replacement board. It was like new board, new processor, new RAM, new video card. So I was like, well, fuck a duck. But at least means my geek of the week next week is going to be, I built a new computer and it is godly. Mm-hmm. Paul's jealous of my specs. I gave him the specs yesterday. <sighs> I really want a, a big rig. A big rig. I, my, I'm looking at my old rig that I built when I was living in Toronto right now and what I could do with that tower 
Oh yeah, I, I don't want to bring it to Korea because that would be ridiculous, it's impossible, just to get, dumb. Yeah, you'd you'd be better off. I would almost be better off. There's no hardware you'd want to take out of that. Is the problem you want the case? Yeah, you better, but you don't want to carry that case. And the cases are a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So like really. Just buy a new one. Just buy a new case yeah. over there. And one of the great things about Korea is that they have those techno marts where you can walk in and just pick up the pieces as you walk through this enormous, yeah. nerdy area. It's You would love the techno marts. In the, uh, well, I mean, you know, Paul knows me well. I'm, I'm a big uh, tech buying dork, and I like to go to the stores and touch everything and, mm-hmm. you know, pick which unit I want and like, oh, is it coming a color and like that kind of stuff. So yeah, I I did I mean I did all my ordering online because I don't want to go to a store right now and catch COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I smoke too much weed for my lungs to handle that. But uh, mm-hmm. I was like, um, let's you know. So got it to do the old new egg PC part picker, etc. Oh, I did PC part picker. I've been, I build rigs constantly just for fun a lot mm-hmm. of the time, just to experiment. How much is it going to cost me to put one of these thread like the new AMD thread rippers in a fucking machine? Oh, that processor is five thousand dollars out of the box. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. You know. That's all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so it was like a, a sad because like the rig that the rig that started this podcast, really, like I recorded and edited the first 195-ish episodes on that machine and including and all the art that I've created in the last little while, all that stuff was created on that rig. Mm-hmm. And now like, I mean, the case is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of pretend it's the same machine. It's still got my Pearl Jam stickers on it and stuff. Yeah. But like... No, nah, it's a fucking full-on transplant at this point. Like, I yeah. have to take the heart, lungs, and brain out of it and replace them, basically. <laughs> so, it's not really going to be the same machine going forward, except it's going to have the same hard drive in it. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. So, that's kind of my geek of the week was just, like, I'm sad my rig's dead, but I'm also excited because, like, rig's going to come back to life. We're going to have rig version 2.0, and it's going to be she's going to be a pig. So, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds, sounds good. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. At least Paul will be here to, to get to watch me put it together and power it on for the first time and just be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just More watch it. More power. Watch it come to life. More power. It's alive. Do yeah. full Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, so I'll, I'll run down the specs once I get it up and running and like tell you guys what I put in there and all that shit next week. That'll be <laughs> a, that's, that's a good way to do Geek of the Week next <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah. I get dirty Geeks of the Week out of uh, one one mishap, I guess, basically. Yeah. Also, don't buy Gigabyte stuff because apparently it's dog shit. It just kills. It just dies eventually. And yeah. You can't reflash the fucking BIOS. Sponsored by Gigabyte. No, we're not. Yeah, exactly. We're, not we're, by we're never going to get sponsored by <laughs> Gigabyte now. <laughs> yeah. like, D- like Warner Brothers and uh, Gigabyte. Never going to touch us now. No. So my Geek of the Week this week was all centered around one... Uh, Ms. Fiona Apple. Oh, this man. week... The internet is a buzz. A buzz, because uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters came out yesterday, officially, in North America. I got to listen to it early, because uh, my phone still thinks that I live in Korea. So I was able to... It's okay. You and your phone both still think you live in Korea, I think. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I wish. Thanks. So I, I was... A, my Apple Music... Yeah. My Apple Music <laughs> yeah. was uh, in the wrong time zone, so I was able to listen to it on Friday afternoon, but I insisted first on listening to the entirety of her discography before I listened to the new one, which is something that we would do anyway for most of these artists that we really love. So I went from, started in the late morning with Tidal and went through her first four albums and then listened to Fetch the Bolt Cutters, and it is fucking incredible. Pitchfork gave it its first, their first new 10 out of 10 to an album in the in a decade, not since Kanye West's My Dark Twisted Fantasy, 
My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, has there been a 10 out of 10 for a new album coming out? So it's a... And it's got a Metacritic score of 100 after 12 reviews currently. So um, the internet is losing their collective minds about it. And I am among them because I have listened to it four times, five, a lot. I've listened to it a lot in the last 48 hours. And it's been really, it's really fucking good. So. Uh, I I spun it twice last night mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I had some weird, there's some weird spots in it that I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. These are gonna. These might take a little bit of a adaptation for me, but mm-hmm. by and large, it is as good as anything fucking Fiona Apple's ever done, yeah. and maybe probably a little bit better. Yeah. And the timing of it is, it's interesting. I saw a tweet, and I I don't want to rip them off, but like I don't know who who said it, but it's, it's interesting that like Fiona Apple, who is notoriously kind of an introverted like shut in kind of recluse buggy you know that kind of person waited till we were all in the same state of mind that she's always in Mm -hmm. to release this album that is very much about kind of going crazy by yourself yeah and i was like that's cool you know yeah she is she was we were following along with her she doesn't do traditional social media because she's just not that kind of person and so we've been following what news and snippets we could get and she released instagram video on her friend's instagram to which is very fiona to I mean, say you remember i think it's it's funny because it's kind of it's almost the same story we had when tool released their record yeah. we were getting like information from like the guys from slipknot more than we were getting any information from the tool guys yeah. and like they don't really do social media the same it's just these weird 90s guys who can get away with there's something about that because they're the last rock stars, right? Like, yeah. the last group of who could really get away with being like, I don't fucking want to do any of this social media shit. Like, yeah. you know, like the Fiona Apples and the radio heads of the world can kind of just be like, nah, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to put this out and go fuck yourselves, guys. So, yeah. yeah. She, she said in some interviews, the label wanted to release it in October. And she's just like, no, we're going to do it now. Now it's going to be the time because it was done. And this isn't the first time she's been like the, the album is done let's fucking release it already so there was Did the, they do a physical release they're going to there are like there's vinyl that you can pre-order and okay. stuff like that that's what um, i was i was wondering yeah. like i we didn't get a vinyl shipment to the house yet so yeah. was, <laughs> well the problem is that all the physical media is going to be shipped in the summer and i don't know where i'm physically going that's, to yes, be at that point that's fair. so um there's even a fetch the bolt cutters crew neck sweatshirt that i really want that is that album art is looks like it was done in ms paint and i fucking love it oh man i i I, i'm not gonna lie that was when i i booted when i finally got to it and i loaded up spotify and that's what popped up in front of me my eyes i was just like oh no what is going on here but it weirdly fits it does it does it fits the vibe yeah yeah but that's not to say that the the production on the album is ramshackle. It is very beautifully produced. It, it, it fakes you out at first, though. It it makes you think it's going to be one of these like we recorded this in the kitchen. It's going to sound like shit. The whole because I was like, oh yeah. no, and then what is heard- this going to sound like? And then it smooths out so beautifully as the album progresses. It's, yeah, it's really it's a good sounding album. Yeah, uh, it'll be. It's such a headphones album. I, I, yeah. it, there's some albums where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get it on my sound system and like blast it and like just annoy the shit out of my neighbors it's not one of those it's very much a i'm gonna put my headphones on and kind of sit with it that particularly because i love fiona's voice i agree completely like i like having her voice inside my head not like in the ambient uh surrounding but just like right up here even when she's doing her angrier growly stuff i just like 
having her speak to me. I like her wordplay directly in my ear. There's something about it that's just... Nothing nothing like having your favorite singer growl directly into your ears, you know? Yeah. Especially I, if you can get them. Yeah. The recordings are good enough that, that it sounds like they are. Yeah. I've got some good Eddie Vedder fucking screams that are like, they sound like he's basically standing next to me if you get your headphones in, and it's it's a good feeling, man. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the greatest feeling because it's loud, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, oh yeah, that's my boy. Well, man, it's been so, eight yeah. years since I've had a Fiona uh, uh, There's a lot Fiona of I, album. We should do so. a side A, side B about this album and Fear Inoculum. Although we've <laughs> talked about Fear Inoculum. Yeah, at, we could do length, it track by track. But like, just go through track by track and just kind of like, because these, these albums feel weirdly parallel in a lot of ways. This mm. like odd release schedule and like these reclusive kind of like mysterious artists who mm. just kind of do their own thing. Yeah. And like, like this album's fucking long. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing I noticed about this. I was like, man, she put like... She, like that's 80 minutes or whatever she put out i can't remember how long I'm it is not even sure but all of her when i was sitting there it felt like i was i was sitting there for like at least an hour with yeah. it it was good though I was, yeah like, I'm not 13 tracks it, it she fed us well that's what that's well, what actually, I think. it's only 51 minutes and 54 seconds but it, it's a very full 51 like it's a dense 51 minutes it so. is she does not let up on her lyricism at all and so there's a lot to parse mm-hmm even the last song, which is just the same lyrics repeated in a mantra, are there's a lot to unpack and dissect. So go listen to Fletch the Bolt Cutters. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's on Spotify now, so you have no excuse as to not. I, I, at this point, I mean, everybody's up to their subscriptions to the point where they've got access to every digital piece of media they can. But I bet you the first one that everybody made sure was, at least I, the first one I made sure I had an active subscription to, Spotify. Gotta have your music. I was like, gotta have my tunes, you know? Like, gotta. Just gotta have access to those tunes all the time, so. Yeah. So, with that being said, let's move on to our meat of the episode. Animated meat. Like traditional cel-shaded meat. Yeah. Very, uh, very classic hand-drawn meat. Um, Because this week I wanted to go... Sounds like my commission list right now. (laughs) Fair. Gross. Also gross. Also gross. Yeah. Commissions are open, by the way, everybody. Yeah. Gotta pay for that fucking rig now. (laughs) Yeah. So we are going to keep it super light this week. And we're going to talk about our childhoods. We're going to talk about our top five favorite or most influential or whatever animated series from our childhood before we turn 12. So we're going to go from like the our 10 years old and younger kind of age bracket. And we're going to talk about from number five to number one, we're going to go in reverse order. And we're going to talk about what we liked about it back then. Does it hold up? Are there things about this franchise that you still like or still absorb are you still like into this fandom in some way or another so that's what we're going to talk about today so mark what is your number five mine mine's weird but number five is kind of one of those like i have an honorable mention i have to get out of the way before we do this and the honorable mention is the spider-man animated series which is probably on your actual list it's not actually but it's not yeah so i wanted to mention that one because we watched the shit out of that and i loved that it was like my favorite it's my favorite spider-man cartoon Mm -hmm. but it doesn't quite crack the top five and why i'm hedging this is because my top five is a weird one mm-hmm. but it's like as a kid this is my fucking jam mm-hmm. so my number five is he-man and the masters of the universe mm-hmm. right which is like the most 80s of all franchises i think that might be true i you think know, that there's like I, something I distinctly like, 80s about like it like gem and the holograms yeah like he-man and gem of the holograms just like 
completely encapsulate 90s or 80s cartoon crap. It's the level of camp and the toy tie-in. The toy tie-in's the big thing. And that's probably what like the big thing for He-Man with me is like and I was I was looking through these lists um with the exception of the the number one pick, which I think everybody can guess what my number one pick is already, but we'll get there eventually, is that the I was a big action figure kid. That's we didn't have Nintendos when I was growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is, I mean, we did, but you know, not early on and stuff like that. And uh, action figures were a big thing for me. And He Man was probably the first one I was really into. I don't really remember, but He Man was like it was everywhere, and I loved those action figures, and I had a mountain of them and i had snake mountain and i had castle grayskull and all that kind of stuff Um, i loved that show even though like if you watch it now it's the most horrible filmation trek it's really bad yeah and like uh so i don't know if i would recommend anybody go check it out now yeah but like i think as a franchise i'm trying to and and like even to this day why i keep i always think about it is probably more like the conan thing like i like the sword and sorcery Big muscly dude Big in a loincloth yeah, and a like giant a sword. Cloth. I like that. That's yeah. a thing I'm into. Well, we won't talk about the psychology of that particular interest. Hey, aspirational, not always, not always sexual. Fair, fair. yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, there, there is definitely like a maybe not He Man, more Conan, just like the the lone reaver who's just like badder ass than everybody around. I'm like, yeah, that's somebody I would want to be. Sure, yeah, why not? Sure. You know, it's like I a get it. power fantasy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But no, He Man's just like it's basically Star Wars. You know what I mean? With some Conan thrown into it, which when I was a kid is that was really fucking cool to me. Yeah. Um, so it's like all these cool technology and like the, the, the design of it also, which is another thing that we'll talk about a lot probably today is the, the design of the figures and the characters and therefore so like the show and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, is super iconic to this day. I think like you think you can't like if you think He-Man, you know, you have that. I have the power image that just immediately pops into your brain. Yeah, right? absolutely. And then it's that, and then Skeletor. Yeah, like just the, this super iconic villain, and it's like the, ridiculous. The funniest voice ever. with the worst voice. Yeah, absolutely. But like he's like that visual is super striking. You know what I mean? Until you hear him fucking talk, and you're like, oh well, I could probably kick the shit out of Skeletor, but mm-hmm. I don't know. He looks awesome. Also played by Frank Langella in the awful 1987 or. Live action feature. Yeah. Starring Dolph Lundgren. Starring Dolph Lundgren. And Courtney Cox and Robert Duncan McNeil of Star Trek Voyager fame. The cast of that movie is batshit. But. Terrible. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. It's a terrible movie. I love love it though. I watch it endlessly. It's so fucking bad. It's great. (laughs) That's definitely a movie that we'll do a commentary on at some point. I think we should. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just because it's it's so fun. But yeah, uh, yeah, so He-Man's my number five. Yeah. Is there anything in about the He-Man franchise, like video games or books or anything like that, that you still absorb currently? Uh, I've read some comics. They've done some comics recently. And like, I think the reason I really picked it up is because they had like G. Scott Campbell covers and stuff. Uh, It was more kind of that thing uh, for me. It was more like, oh, I'm retro kind of interested in just having J. Scott Campbell draw He-Man. That was cool for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't need a story or anything like that. I am looking forward to this Kevin Smith Mm -hmm. animated series. It's going to be on Netflix I'm assuming next year he's been talking about it, so I'm assuming it's going to be a 2021 thing at yeah. this point. So I'm looking forward to that. There's nothing I'm really like reading or watching, and they haven't done a video game. I'm hoping they'll do one maybe at this point. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, that'd be kind of fun. It's a cool world. It'd be a cool world to just like explore on your own in a video game kind of format. You know yeah. What I mean? So 
and you got uh, our listeners know if you've been listening for a while that I've watched the Shira and the Princesses of Power yeah. series on Netflix, which is really good, and I highly recommend yeah. it. Which is tangentially, well, I guess directly Not, related. And what's funny is I was in Netflix, I believe, yesterday. And they have the original He-Man and the Masters of the Universe show on Netflix now in the kids section. Oh, cool. But the fucking icon is She-Ra. Ah. Like, it's not even He-Man is the icon. I was like, oh, that's weird. But I guess, like, cross-promotionally, it makes sense for Netflix to be like, well, we have a She-Ra show that's on right now. And is pretty popular. And is very popular, uh, yeah. from what I understand. So, it great. Uh, no, I, 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 the She-Ra show, I will watch once I get... I, I want more Masters of the Universe, basically. Mm-hmm. Like that'll be my like. I can tolerate the Kitty Shira show. Yeah. Once I've gotten my grown up Kevin Smith written or produced, I guess more than written, probably show run. Basically. Yeah. Kevin Smith produced whatever uh, show that's going to be a little bit more grown up mm-hmm. whenever that happens. So yeah. Yeah. All right. My number five is Dragon Ball. Oof. Is the Dragon Ball series both Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z? We'll talk about both because this is a show that. I used to wake up early on Saturday mornings to watch because it was only on WB at 7 a.m. Yeah. to watch Dragon Ball Z. And the original Dragon Ball was on not terrible times on YTV originally, but definitely became difficult, more difficult to track down. Like they would do a lot of schedule changes for the anime that they showed back when I was watching it as a kid. So I was constantly on the hunt looking at the new TV guide. Where is my anime? Where can I watch it? I have a question for you Hmm. Um, because like, this is one of those generational things that my brother and I like were divided by. Where did you first get into the Japanese stuff? My first... Because it's not something I showed. I mean, that's what I mean. And it's not something that I brought to you. you know, it was so. weirdly... Because I never got into it, obviously. When I was growing up, the first anime or Japanese animated stuff that I watched was Rainbow Bright. Oh, that's right. Rainbow Bright was it, animated. It was animated in Japan, for sure. And it had an a- distinct anime style. And I grew up watching that. And so I guess I always had a love for that particular animation style. Mm-hmm. And so when I started seeing it again, popping up when I was, man, there was Speed Racer, Samurai Pizza Cats, there was Techno Man. Well, you know what I was trying to think? We, I watched I watched a fair chunk. I guess I shouldn't say I didn't have, watch any of that stuff because there was Voltron. And we were talking about Battle of the Planets yesterday, which was yep. a show that was on when we were kids. Also Gundam or Gundam. Robotech, I guess. Robotech. Yeah, yeah, I watched Robotech. Yeah. So, yeah, but there wasn't anything that truly made me obsessed, besides my number one pick, which we'll talk about later, but uh, besides Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Oh, man, you really you really picked that as your number one? Oh, I sure did. Oh, uh, we're going to talk about it. We'll talk about it. Right. So, Dragon Ball is... I don't think I need to make a synopsis of it. We all know what Dragon Ball is about. Yeah, uh, basically. Goku, yeah. People yelling at each other for over long distances and then fighting for three seconds. <laughs> that's Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, Dragon right. Ball was originally like a comedy adventure true, show. Yeah. And that's I think that's probably why that, that was a show that I had a hard time getting into because I was like, I didn't... I, I don't understand the tone of this. Yeah. The, it, it is a, something of a f- retro fu- futuristic retelling of the journey to the West, like the old uh, Asian folktale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so weird. And all of the characters were bizarre, but I love Akira Toriyama's animation mm-hmm. style. Akira Toriyama has done other things too, like the Dragon Quest series yep. and uh, did the animation for Chrono Trigger on Super Nintendo, did the uh, character art for that. Yep. So he's beloved for a reason. That very distinctive Dragon Ball character design style is 
unique and just I don't know. It just pings my pleasure center for some reason. And yes, the fights are in Dragon Ball Z are silly. Yeah. But originally they were played more for laughs and then like Dragon Ball Z got really super serious about yeah. it. But Dragon Ball Z still has its charms too. And I remember the Japanese cartoons were almost all serialized. They all had gigantic arcs. It was like a lot of the cartoons that we got when we were kids had mostly standalone yeah, episodes and adventures. Yeah. And so we didn't get these big serialized storylines. But it wasn't really till like. I guess X-Men and Spider-Man started doing mm. it in the 90s. And yeah. so Batman kind of tagged along too. Not as much. Yeah. That became, we'll talk about it when we, because that, I mean. Yeah, of yeah. course. But Dragon Ball was the first one where it's like, oh, we're going on an adventure and you need to watch the episodes in sequence yeah. to make sense. They pick up the friends along the way yeah. and they build this like family of fighters and they there's always a big bad that they have to fight and dragon ball z is really like the big bad mm -hmm. series like starting with vegeta and the saiyan saga to frieza being the big one because they keep bringing frieza back yeah they're always gonna bring frieza back yeah, so yeah it's the joker you know yeah pretty much bringing nemesis back over and over again this is a, t a tangent did you know superman is the voice of sephiroth in final fantasy 7 remake i did not know tyler hochen uh, the guy who's playing Superman. Actually, on the new show, I was going to say he's from Supergirl, but he's got his own fucking show. Oh, now. right. That's true. He, he is the voice of Sephiroth. That's I just saw that today. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. If I choose to play the game in uh, English, then I will be able to listen to his dulcet tones. I'm excited about that. That's cool. Cause, oh, that's uh, right. You usually play uh, Japanese voice. Japanese with subs, right? Yeah, it depends. I tried playing Final Fantasy 15 with the subs, and that was... There's so much ambient chatter that I kept having to look down at the subtitles while I was actually trying to play the game, which yeah, made yeah. it difficult to do. Um, so I switched back to the American ones, but the voice acting, eh, whatever. Square's uh, voice acting. Yeah. I mean, at least for those games, I've always, like, I hear bad things usually. Yeah. Anything, so. Yeah. So I watched the original Funimation dub of this from 1995. No. Yeah, 1995 was the original Funimation dub for this, but I went back and watched the original Japanese all hundred and almost 200 something episodes 200, of Dragon Ball, 300 yeah. something episodes of Dragon Ball Z, yeah. but I have not picked up any, I didn't watch Dragon Ball GT and I didn't watch Dragon Ball Super, so I'm not, I'm not touching anything after that. But I do still play Dragon Ball Fighters, Fighters Z, or yeah. We gotta sit down it. and play that. We haven't played it since you've been here, and I've got a copy, and I suck at it. But yeah. like, it is a really good fighting game. It is. It's excellent. Yeah, yeah. And it looks great. And if you haven't played it, you sh it's fucking super cheap right now. Like it's yeah. on sale on everything because everything's fucking yeah. on sale while we're all isolated. I think Sony and Microsoft finally got the fucking message. Yeah, but it's like twenty bucks everywhere now. So, so I do still have a fondness for this yeah. franchise, and I still think that they're putting out good things for this franchise because it, i think it always it will always sell it's one of those things that will yeah i think dragon ball is basic like dragon ball is one of those franchises it's just like there now the, yeah mean? it's always going to be around absolutely like transformers exactly so let's move on to mark's number four what's your number four my number four is it's just toy lines man we're just talking about toys today for yeah. me really uh number four is ninja turtles ninja turtles uh, uh kind of the last big cartoon i got into that wasn't like you know, bat related, basically yeah. DC, like comic related, I guess more accurately. I mean, Ninja Turtles was everywhere and it was, I was in the right fucking age bracket to just gobble that shit up. Yeah. And I did. I loved everything about the Ninja Turtles. I still kind of love everything about the Ninja Turtles. 
the goofy kid shows work for me because they're goofy comedy, but like I like those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the super serious stuff works for me because it's all just based on Daredevil, really. Pretty much. By and large, it's just like a Daredevil ripoff because it's the same the same chemical. If you read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one, the original, like go back and whatever, the canister that mutates the turtles is the same kind of canister that hits his eyes. Are you serious? Yeah, oh, shit. the whole that. thing's kind of like a tie-in. It's crazy. Like they really liked the the whole point was it was a riff on the Frank Miller ninja super dark and gritty 80s comic books, right? Mm. So they and like that's why it's the foot not the hand. Ah. Right? You know what I mean? So it's basically just kind of like a daredevil lift. Oh, okay. And like it's splinter instead of stick that trains them, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I was I was a huge fan of that. Um, I'm obviously a Raphael. That is yeah. clearly I'm a ninja. Is an, everybody has a Ninja Turtle? I am a Raphael. Yep. Uh, you're a Donatello, right? I'm kind of a Donatello. Yeah, yeah. Paul's the Donatello. Uh, I guess that leaves Tim as kind of Michelangelo, but kind of Leonardo. Yeah. But with me always arguing with him because I'm Buck Raphael. Leonardo, <laughs> I'm that prick. Uh, yeah. So I I don't know, man. That that show. I mean, that, especially the original show that introduced, like, I mean, the four turtles who we all know and love and Splinter and April O'Neil. April O'Neil. Casey Jones. Jones. And, like, Bebop and Rocksteady. And Krang. And Krang and, you know, Shredder and the foot and all that, the Technodrome and all that stuff. And I had those action figures and I played, mm-hmm. like, I still, actually, I just gave them away finally to my nephew. Yeah. Uh, but, like, they were in, actually, those were in surprisingly good shape still. Like, I had all the action, like, the fucking uh, swords and shit were still there and stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, I did good work keeping these together. Yeah. But yeah, I just I love those Ninja Turtles shows, and I still that's a franchise that I've kept up with too. Like I've watched the Nickelodeon show that came out not too long ago. Like I watch reboots. TMNT. TMNT. They did that movie in two thousand and seven that was excellent. Like the animated was it good? movie. Yeah, it was really. Good. Oh, the the animated the movie. Animated. Oh, I thought yeah, you were yeah. talking about the. Oh no no no! Sorry, not the not those live action ones. The Michael Bay ish kind of ones. Yeah, those are terrible. Yeah, uh, I've seen them both, and they are terrible. Yeah, uh, but like I'll watch. I mean, to be fair, it's got the Ninja Turtles in it, which means I'll probably at least take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Also, Megan Fox is very attractive, and yes, I like to gaze upon her. And she's underrated as an actress, and I will go to the mat for Agreed. that one. Yeah, I like her a fair bit when she's used in stuff that is not Michael Bay bullshit, mm-hmm. i.e. Transformers, which we'll talk about shortly. So what else? Like, But like video games and stuff, if I see games, like I still play those the old games, like yep. the Turtles in Time and Turtles arcade game are still two of my favorite. Like, I Definitely. Have an, I have like half an hour to kill. I'm going to sit here and just beat the shit out of some foot guys. That fucking bullshit Nintendo one. Where oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. The original the, one the that original we played one. the balls off of, but yeah. suck. Like, can never get past the fucking dam. Yeah. Remember the dam? I remember oh, the damn. Oh shit. I used to play the Game Boy Ninja Turtles game. Yeah. Like I was awesome at that game too. Fuck, I, I played that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it Turtles was, were just like that. They were just like that was a fucking big franchise, man. Yeah. And like the the I mean, it's the same as the He-Man stuff. The toys were cool as shit. Yeah. Super interesting designs. And we haven't even talked about the early 90s trilogy of live action films. And exactly, like there's movies to talk about in this franchise, like those live action movies are fantastic. Ninja, well, okay, let's sort of say. Rap. Ninja. The first ninja. movie is actually quite good and yep. still watchable, holds up quite well. The other two are hot fucking garbage. Oh my god, Turtles in Time. Although like Secret of the Ooze has a certain camp kind yeah. of charm to it. Sure. In a like like kind of like Masters of the Universe bad movie night kind of way. It's definitely something yeah. we should do a commentary on, I think at some point. Yeah. It'd be fun. But Turtles like, in Time does not have so it wasn't times awful. Just like legit awful. Yeah. Not yeah. even fun good. It's boring on top of being yes. bad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like I, I always hated that they always cartoonified 
the turtles the further down the live action path they went out they kind of getting more and more goofy looking whereas in that first movie they're like pretty serious pretty like they're everything looks kind of dark and gritty and like the turtles are real sticky ish yeah. you know what i mean like Raphael is muted. pretty emo they're yeah they're very muted and stuff like that yeah um, and a lot of the uh less goofiness there's not as much like cartoon wackiness in that first movie there's a little bit like there's obviously hints to it but it's yeah. not like everything's got sound effects and like boing noises when yeah. they move and shit like that and, doesn't happen uh the early 90s super big concern with gang warfare and so the whole foot clan felt like a 90s kind of gang thing yeah it felt like a stay in school kind of yeah psa psa yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah yeah sure. like the, i mean i mean that franchise is just like fuck it, it's for kids you know what i mean so yeah. what are you gonna do not for kids the production company that fucked up the pokemon animation by the way we're not talking about that I, what all right cool i don't <laughs> yeah. understand what's happening about anyway. pokemon things because i'm talking about ninja turtles yeah no four kids is the yeah the yeah i don't know uh anyway but yeah ninja turtles so like ninja turtles was number four for me yeah, yeah like i i loved the ninja turtles growing up and it's still one like i i not that i keep up with stuff right now but mm-hmm. it is definitely like I've, I've had like a print in the back of my head for the last couple of weeks like i want to do some ninja turtles art and like i just you know mm-hmm. it's they're fun to draw uh, they're characters that are pretty iconic because they run across that like four temperaments kind of thing very cleanly. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like you get to you you get to identify with a everybody gets to pick one. It's like Sex in the City, it but is, for kids. I saw the I saw the cracked episode too. You know that's one of my favorite. I lo- I miss those after hours. Do yeah. you not miss after hours? Yeah, that's what we should talk about. Is what happened to after? Sure. What happened to cracked? Yeah. Let's talk about cracked fall. <laughs> crack. Say crack again. Yeah. Crack, crack, crack. crack. Yeah. Cool. So my number four is Animaniacs. Oh, good pull, man. Yeah. So I was trying to decide which WB thing that I was going to talk about because it was between Looney Tunes, Tiny Tunes, Animaniacs, Freakazoid. Uh, there were a lot when I was growing up. Looney Tunes is on my list just because of like, there's so much of it. Yeah. And it was on all the time that like we would watch those classic cartoons a lot, but yeah, it was, but yeah. Not if all, I had not to, ours, I guess. Yeah. I had to pick something contemporary and something that dominated my life for the longest time and that would have been Animaniacs. Um, we did I, watch the shit out of that. The Adventures of Yakko, Wacko, and Dot were some <laughs> of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. Literally, uh, and kind of turned me into the pop culture referencing douchebag that I turned out to be yeah, you yeah. know, because when um, they have an entire episode making fun of William Shatner uh, hogging the karaoke machine, they have references to Prince in this where that finger Prince yeah, joke, which is a weird. <laughs> there's a lot of jokes in that show that are also like super. I mean, that's blue a Tunes thing, but it's blue as fuck. Yeah, yeah, there's some really gross things in there. It's awesome. Yeah, so. so I fucking adore like most of the characters in the. It, it's so weird that. It still holds up in an absurdist kind of way as an adult too. I'm thinking like so we have the the Warner Brothers. Yeah. We have Pinky and the Brain, of oh, course. Oh god. Can we not can we just talk about Pinky and the oh, Brain? Oh my god. That just my favorite thing ever is Pinky and the Brain. Those I love were the best part of that show every episode. Not always, because then we had sometimes Slappy Squirrel was the uh, best thing that true. ever happened. Who's on stage when they were doing oh the Who's on god, First show? I Yeah, I was like, oh my god, are they doing Who's on First? Yeah. So good. Yeah. My least favorite ones were always the Rita and Runt ones, because they were always like kind of cheesy musical. Is that, that's the dog. And the dog the and the cat and the singing cat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But uh, what was the the pigeon? The pigeon were the uh, the good feathers. 
the good feathers oh, the good feathers yeah wasn't like he he disguises himself as a human or something like that no that's chicken boo chicken boo that's a chicken boo. but you're not a man you're chicken boo yeah and there's also katie kaboom katie yeah. kaboom who turned into a monster because she had teenage hormones yeah. and it was Ch- just chicken boo was my favorite chicken running boo, gag conceptually yeah chicken boo is fucking uh, just m- insane yeah but i love chicken boo yeah chicken boo, uh, that's one of those jokes that like whenever i think of animaniacs like you go through the the standard like oh yeah i love you know wacko Yakko, Wacko, and Yakko, Dot. Wacko, and Dot. And then I love, I mean, Pinky in the Brain so fucking good. Yeah. I love Pinky in the Brain. And then uh, you want to talk about like working blue. Like I fucked some of those like Pinky in the Brain oh, stuff. It's just like, what, what, it, well, how did they get pat, that the past sensors? sensors? I it's don't crazy. Know. But yeah, it, Chicken Boo, I don't know why that sticks with me so you much. You wear a disguise to look like human. <laughs> it's just so dumb. That's what I mean. It's so ridiculous. It. It's so ridiculous. It I love it. I love, I love it. it. Anyway. And. Some of the musical numbers from that oh God, uh, I Con- still use as teaching tools. Was it Constantinople? Um, was that Tiny Tunes? Istanbul was Constantinople. Yeah. There was also Triangle Man. That was Tiny Tunes as well. Okay. For, um, they might be giants. But it was Yakko's World, United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, That's Peru. The one I, was of. I had a, a student three years ago. His name was CU. And CU um, was a a little, I think maybe a little bit on the spectrum, but he was able to sing the entirety of Yakko's World from beginning to end. And he is an English second language Language, learner. And he knew all the entire thing. That's fucking impressive. I put put it on YouTube just to like, oh, hey, because kids love lists and they're like oh it's all the countries in the world in english they were but he just started singing along every single word and he just knew it all and i was just sitting there astounded so because he had it had been used as a teaching tool for him in the previous year and i guess he just glommed on to yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah. using music to teach is a good way to get like that's a good memory tool absolutely I mean? so and yakko's world probably is one of the things that helped me remember the names of all the countries in the world back when i was a kid too yeah, so yeah i'm glad that there was that kind of someone thought to make that generational bridge and that it still lives on I fucking yeah animaniacs man that shows fucking gold yeah all right let's move on to our number three mark number three number three like now we're, we're right into like this is mark 101 at this yeah. point right so like number three is real ghostbusters real ghostbusters yeah a show that i watched the shit out of as a kid um i mean obviously i'm a giant ghostbusters fan the first print we did was ghostbusters basically mm-hmm. and this is the first one that i finished was ghostbusters anyway you you're in my if you're in my, paul can see he's in my house right now and or our house i guess right now whatever mm-hmm. but if you're looking around uh there is a stack a mountain if you will of funko pops that are all the ghostbusters funko pops mm-hmm. both ghostbusters movies are on 4k ultra hd right next to them so, like, I've got the soundtrack on vinyl on my rack. I am a Ghostbusters nut. Real Ghostbusters when I was a kid was my shit. I watched every episode. I own DVDs of it. I love that show. The first season in particular, it was written by J. Michael Straczynski of Babylon 5. And uh, he did Spider-Man and Supreme and stuff later over at the House of Ideas, Marvel. And then, yeah, I mean, it kind of goes downhill as it becomes the Slimer show. But those first couple of years, there was a little bit of creep to it. It worked really well as a kid's show. And that's why Ghostbusters became like a, a franchise that kids got into was because of the cartoon. Because I would assume that our parents aside, not many people were letting 
their kids watch Ghostbusters. Mm, but I guess yeah, I, might, probably. I might be wrong. I don't know. I really don't know. But uh, we saw it, and I was obsessed with the cartoon. And that was, again, it's one of those ones where, like, the action figures were fucking cool. The ghosts were all interesting designs. They always had good gimmicks on the action figures. But, like, I had those original four, the original four Ghostbusters with their proton packs Mm -hmm. and the car. And, like, John had the firehouse. Mm Mm-hmm. And man, we just like we would just play Ghostbusters forever. And I used to watch the follow-up series to that, Extreme which was Extreme Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, which was excellent, also very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, the guy who created Extreme Ghostbusters also did some pretty great uh, kids WB shows, like the Jackie Chan Adventures yep. and the Men in Black animated mm-hmm. series that I was I really loved to do back. That's in, in the my day. honorable mentions, actually. That mm-hmm. show, I, I, uh, the Men in Black show, fell. Uh, Paul gave me an age limit of twelve when we were doing this initially, yeah. and I was like, well. M- my because that that I, I was really hemming and hawing about my number one because I wasn't sure if that counted because it was kind of like that show was kind of more on when I was an adult. But Men in Black was one of those shows like I was well into my teens when that show was on, mm-hmm. like in high school, and I still watched it every fucking day because it it was great. It was actually yeah. a really well put together, well animated show. Nice, like good animation too. Yeah, if definitely. I remember correctly, like the animation yeah. was quite good on that show. Kind of Aeon Fluxy, I think it was the same studio. Possibly because uh, I remember the character designs were very kind of like. Yeah, definitely. So. I don't think the same creator animator guy because that was a, a korean american dude peter chung i believe i, did, the guy I remember did like the, his, the style had a lot in common oh with, i'm sure yeah 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 that's true i'd have to go look at them again but yeah. maybe maybe i'm wrong but yeah uh yeah so like real ghostbusters i mean there's stuff in there that still kind of sticks with me to this day like sam hain Mm-hmm. Like the Halloween episode, the Boogeyman. Yeah, remember, like they did some scary shit in that show. They did, uh, which was weird, especially in the first season. The first season was like they kind of hinted back and forth at like still playing up the horror of Ghostbusters. Yeah, which is something that like I would love for somebody to do like a Netflix animated show that was kind of like that, where they got to do, you know, make it spooky and. I mean, not yeah. like Luigi's Mansion, goofy, spooky, but like actually play it up and do like a darker animated show or something like that. If yeah, you're go that way. And not not kids, not and not campy like the Sabrina show that's on right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I always think of Buffy and Supernatural as the actual successors, successors, to, spiritual successors. Yeah, so spiritual successors probably more to Ghostbusters. Yeah, because they, they actually was, legitimately had real horror elements. Yeah, there's that, real horror elements. The characters are like actual people and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. you don't, they're not just cartoon characters, basically. Yeah. I mean, you can say what you want about Bill Murray and. You yeah. know, Harold Ramis' portrayal of Egon can be kind of cartoony in some spots, yeah, but that's true. I collect spores, molds, and fungus. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I watched every episode of that show until it kind of became the Slimer Kids show, and I got kind of sick of it yeah. and moved on. But that, those first couple seasons when it was still like a serious Ghostbusters show, mm-hmm. I mean, for a kid, I haven't, I've only really watched the first season again yeah. afterwards. Um, obviously, yes, Ghostbusters is something that I'm still into. I mean, we talk about it all the time. All the time. All the time, yeah, uh, comes up constantly. I watch it constantly. I mean, I, don't, I haven't really watched the animated series in a while. Yeah, I tend to kind of lean towards the movies and the video game yeah. and stuff like that. But it is a part of that fandom. For yeah, me. considering the original kind of Reagan-y themes of the original movie, mm-hmm. where it's all like we hate Small government regulation and stuff, yeah. and stuff like that. It's definitely like the philosophy behind the movie and the themes of the movie like don't jive with me and it doesn't but i don't care when i watch ghost the movie's not about anything though you really look at it. i mean you, you can go you have to go digging for that shit I mean, you know what i mean like the main antagonist is an epa agent yeah though. but like he's not really he's just a prick you know what i mean well, he he's a just a bureaucratic dick. prick yeah yes, so like this man does have a small dick yeah i mean yeah 
It's true. You know, <laughs> is this true? Yes, it's true. Anyway, I'm not gonna quote. I could. We could just do the whole fucking movie now if we wanted to. But if we could, uh, yeah, we could. Yeah, but yeah, no. Uh, real Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I think go grab that first season. I would recommend that if you're a Ghostbusters fan and you've never seen the first like 13 episodes of the animated series. Yeah, as a curiosity, it's excellent. Mm-hmm. There's even an episode that like because in the show they gave them more like cartoony. Uh, easily identifiable separate uniforms, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. had their own color and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas in the the movies, they're in fairly stock bodysuits, basically like coveralls kind yeah. of thing. Because that was the point of that movie. They're fucking exterminators, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they do a thing where like after the they, there's an episode that cuts right at the end of the movie. You, they walk in and like they take those suits off because they've been all that gear has been exposed to so much paranormal energy. That like they need to destroy them mm-hmm. and that give them their new stupid like colored suits mm-hmm. and then like those are supposed to get burned. But what ends up happening is like demonic versions of the Ghostbusters fucking attack or whatever mm-hmm. it, from the old suits. And I was like, that's that I, I like that. I was good. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's a Saturday morning cartoon trope. Yeah, basically. But it's great. But it's great. We we love a dark version of the main team. Yeah, we love we love that. Especially when they do it where it like feeds right off of like the main part of the franchise, like the first movie, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. Because like, of Gozer that happens kind of yeah. thing. It's like a, what do you what do you want to call it? Like Continuity a, tie-ins. Yeah, it's that, like but that. it's also like a, a residual haunting based on mm. the Gozer thing, which yeah. is like, you know, ghost nerd bullshit. Yeah. Last podcast on the last, last podcast on the last left listener nonsense. But yeah. yeah, residual haunting kind of stuff. So yeah. I like that. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, my number three is the 1992 X-Men series. Because I figured that was going to... If you didn't have Spider-Man, I figured X-Men was going to be on yeah, your list. Yeah, it had somewhere. to be one or the other, yeah. right? So I liked the later X-Men cartoons that came up later, like the the high school one. Um, X-Men and the... Or uh, Wolverine and X-Men. And the one before that, which was... Oh, X-Men Evolution. X-Men Evolution, yeah. Um, those are... I know, I watched all those too. It's kind of sad. Those are technically better, but they fell outside of my the age bracket, and also they weren't like the formative one. This is this one came out when I... In 1992, when I was like seven or eight years old, and all almost all of my action figures that weren't Power Rangers were X-Men. Mm-hmm. Like, I had... Every character, yeah, literally. We were, every we're we're a Marvel house. I don't know if anybody's noticed. Yeah, definitely. although we're going to talk about like the bat, but like that kind of that is the exception to the rule. It is very much the exception to the rule. Yeah, and so um, the original X Men show was again one of those shows that had big event continuity storylines multiple part episodes multiple part episodes yeah. the two five part phoenix series which i still i still think the animated series has the best adaptation of that original oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. by a long shot i mean like they've done two movies and not been able to do it right yet but the animated series has done it from right. 1992 yeah. which was made for kids on fox kids yep. yeah well, i mean for kids i feel like that spider-man and batman there was like that I think that was at the point where they were like, well, maybe we can kind of do some adulty shit because we can, like, these people are watching it anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, that show, in terms of pacing and animation quality and performance, do not quite hold up. No. Scott! Scott! Do you guys remember the Jean Grey from that series? Then you probably feel that cringe, too, when you ever yeah. hear Scott! But um, I think my cringe thing is, from that show in particular, are the voice actors for Rogue and Gambit. Oof. Sugar. Sugar? Yeah. Sugar. That's one of those, like, I mean, we can talk about it later, but, like, the three big comic shows from that era are X-Men, Spider-Man, and Batman the Animated Series, right? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that, like, 
out of the three of them, the X-Men is the one that really holds up the least well. But it's the one that is, like, mo- besides maybe Batman is the most fondly remembered. No, it's definitely, aside from Batman, it's yeah. the most fondly remembered. Well, because it, that one popped up on Netflix and people lost their minds. Yes. Yeah, and so when... Because everybody start- loves that opening sequence, man. I don't know why they don't just use that as the theme. You know that's going to be the theme to the Marvel version, It should be. It 150 billion percent should be the goddamn theme. And at least just hint to it in the score. Like, why not? Just well, they always look. hint to the 60s Spider-Man show. Yeah. Because that's the iconic Spider-Man show. Yeah. But. Yeah. But uh, the, yeah, that opening for the 1992 that, X-Men is so It's interesting, well too, because, like, uh, by 1991, 1992, I started reading comics, because that's around the death yeah. of Superman. So, like, these shows were also my gateway into the comic book world like the real comic book world yeah like actually reading floppies and picking up issues and stuff like that yeah and when this show came out was right around the time when like x-men number one had come out like 1990 1990 i believe 1991 was when x-men number one like the jim lee chris claremont number mm-hmm. one came mm-hmm. out yeah that the, you know the four panel cover with the you know golden blue team yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of stuff so that was what got me into reading x-men comics early on mm-hmm. was those was that show and that lasted almost two decades of reading X-Men after yeah. that because of that show. And I, I mean, now I go in and out based on like, I mean, right now I'm kind of in, like I'm in because of House of X, Powers of X and like the fallout of that. Yeah. But like before that I was out. Yeah. Because fuck, who knows? But it was hard to keep Yeah. Track. and then, But like that series really led me into the X-Men as like a comic book franchise yeah. and yeah because it did, wasn't afraid to tell the entirety of the comic book story no. like it, we were in the savage land for ages we were it, oh, we God. did that arc lasted too long who it did um, the two phoenix series we had mojo world yeah. like they did all of that stuff yeah, and it the, was they even did the brood episode somehow like for on a kids show cuz that brood like that's weird alien stuff and it's yeah and that was a like a very very I remember reading mature. the comic. I remember reading going back and like reading that Kitty Pride book, like the the Brood Attack, the X Mansion, and stuff yeah. like that. And you're like, holy fuck, this is like a legit horror story. Yeah. And then you watch the cartoon, and you're like, oh yeah, this is not really a legit. Horror. This is more like real ghost. This is the real Ghostbusters version of yeah. that, basically. But oh man, I don't know. I have like, yeah, I, we watched the shit out of that show. Yeah. That was a hugely formative show for me as well, in terms of like guiding me into the Marvel universe. Also, you know, what mm-hmm. I mean? like between that and Spider Man. Yeah. And then the eventual crossover episodes and stuff like that, because Spider-Man, or the X-Men showed up on Spider-Man eventually. I think that it went both ways, didn't it? I don't it? remember Spider-Man ever showing up on X-Men, but I remember that, because I remember yeah. it was really cool to see the animators of Spider-Man, which I think is probably the better animated show out of the two. Especially but, uh, yeah, for sure. Draw those X-Men characters in that Spider-Man-y style. Mm-hmm. And they look fucking awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was kind of cool for me. Yeah. And the question, do I still care about this franchise? Yes, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. We're just, we're, we're chomping at the bit for fucking MCU X-Men at this dying. point. Like, just dying. Yeah. So, that's all, like, half the time that, like, we're stuck here in this house locked together, and, like, every once in a while, like, well, somebody will name an actor, and I'm like, ooh, that'd be a good, like, X-character from yeah. X-Men or whatever. Definitely. <laughs> so... And then we'll, then we'll go off on a tangent for 10 minutes when we talk about what the fuck they should do with those X-Men characters. So. Yeah. I mean, I, 
wish that there were better like marvel versus capcom exists so there are good marvel and x-men characters in video games in good video games like x-men has not always had good video games however do you remember the nintendo top down oh jesus that's a nightmare that was an that was the worst game yeah i tried playing it on an emulator like a couple years ago unplayable it, it, it was unplayable. we tried a lot too yeah, like we, we had that game and we were such x-men dorks that we were like this game's got we got to be able to get good at this game you can't you it's can't so it's bad. so bad it's terrible um no there's i mean nes games uh there was the side-scrolling beat-em-up uh, X-Men that it has been re-released that you can play online with people. That is great. The online, uh, the arcade one. The arcade one, yeah. Oh, okay. The side-scrolling. Arcade the side-scrolling one. arcade. The big Konami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, six, where you can play as six people. That game's at the same amazing. Time. Yeah, and yeah, you can play as Dazzler, which oh yes, bizarre. Yeah, so, so strange. Uh, so yeah, Dazzler. Uh, the, yeah, that. But what the fuck? There was tons of. There was lots of Wolverine games. Yeah. Right. The Wolverine uh, there games was a Wolverine, based on the movies. Yeah, there was a Wolverine NES game, though, around the era of, of that era. There was the um, Age of Apocalypse side-scrolling game that I played the shit out of on Super Nintendo. Mutant Apocalypse is what it was called. Mutant Apocalypse. Which is yeah. an excellent Capcom game, actually. Yep. And then uh, Adamantium Rage was in that era yep. as well, the Acclaim game. Mm-hmm. Lots of Wolverine solo games. Yeah. Um, yeah, then, we like, played them all. Yeah, oh, I we played definitely the shit. Played I played them all. Absolutely. Uh, even like that when, I, when we finally got a Genesis, the two Sega X-Men games, mm-hmm. which were... Not easy, but fun. Yeah, fun. And those fucking sprites looked great. They sure did. So, yeah. oh yeah. man, good old Bank of Drive. Yeah. Let's move on to our uh, number two. What's your number two, Mark? Number two. Uh, this these are these are super easy. Yeah. Uh, number two is Transformers. Transformers more than meets the eye. I mean, what do I have to say about how much I love Transformers, especially the Generation One stuff? And this is what we're talking about is like the yeah. cartoon when I was a kid. And it speaks to Mark's love for this series, considering how badly it has treated the entire fandom for so long. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's question. I mean, I, I think I mean now more than ever i'm i lean into the comic book side of the franchise more than i do anything else really to get like transformer stories that i want to read or like experience Mm -hmm. but like that original series which does not hold up like don't ever watch it hope and pray one day they'll just remake it properly i'm still fingers crossed for that like they just redo g1 at some point i'm hoping earthrise is kind of that but like we'll see what happens but yeah that original show is so just part of my dna at this point like i don't every i love every character in it i own so many i still to i'm a fucking 40 year old man almost and i own fucking action figures the worst part about me not having worked for the last little while is that i can't i'm really into the current war for cybertron siege slash earthrise figures because they're all g1 inspired but like hyper detailed with today's articulation and mm-hmm. stuff and i'm like i love these fucking things like they are my jam i want all of them mm-hmm. like i just love them to death they are costly they're not actually the, those ones aren't bad they're like they're they're still in like the mass market like 20 to 50 dollar kind of range mm. like they're not like the fucking masterpiece insane pieces that i i like those too don't get me wrong like the big 400 dollar mp44 optimus that i'll buy eventually like my third masterpiece optimus prime yeah because i'm a fucking crazy person but like i love those original and that's my thing is like those first three seasons of that show i mean probably more the first two seasons like the designs of them on earth all that shit's like iconic and burned into my brain every single character from optimus megatron like through all the all the good ones that you always think of starscream soundwave shockwave the constructicons bumblebee sure i guess if you like that i'm always more like a 
I always like jazz. Jazz. Yeah. Jazz and uh, Ironhide. So people are into Hot Rod. Uh, yeah, Hot Choices. Rod, Ultra Magnus, Cup. I love Cup. Cup. You know, I'm I'm like I'm always I always like the bones of the group, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so like the McCoy of the group and Cup was I was I didn't get it when I was a kid, but as an adult, I'm like, oh I get it. He's McCoy. Mm-hmm. I am into it. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, that I mean I cried at the movie, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, when Optimus died. Yeah. Everything what the about, fuck was that, by the way. Yeah, who the fuck decided that and was like, a good idea? In like the first act of the movie, they kill off Optimus Prime in the most sad way possible. Like and with the like, worst the part music. is like when you watch that movie, that's the coolest fucking sequence in Transformers. It is cool. History. Like that whole battle of for Autobot City yeah. is mind-bogglingly like Damn, it's Damn Transformers. It's like '80s Transformers distilled to what I wanted it to be in my head. Just yeah. this vicious robot war where they're just blowing each other to smithereens yeah. and like merch for that cow and all that kind of shit's happening. Yeah, like, to like the uh, most insane '80s power ballad. Yeah, so not like, the power ballad like like. like it's hyper it's just bro- joy it's just, anthems yeah i don't know math like anthemic rock music at yeah that point, like kind of metal i guess 80s metal really like hair metal yeah kind of yeah definitely but yeah i don't know what else to say about transformers like go buy my prints <laughs> when they go on yeah. sale uh i love this shit i still draw it all the time yeah uh, i'm obsessed with these things and you've seen all five of the i've seen Michael everything man. there's nothing you could put in front of me that's called transformers that i've not seen i've mm-hmm. watched every animated series all of them like gar- like the garbage ones and the good ones i watched them all i've seen all five of the michael bay movies well i mean the four my i think it's four movies plus bumblebee right now like five it's five plus bumblebee isn't it it might be five plus bumblebee oh yeah i think because there's three there's three main ones and then there's the the two mark Wahlberg ones and there's yes and then last night so there is five of the yes so i've seen all six of those movies yeah bumblebee is good the first three of them in theaters yeah like i went to the movies to see those never have i been more crestfallen than when i walk out of one of those transformers movies. yeah and you just keep going i keep going man i like i i love this franchise that, yeah like, i love these characters and i keep hoping that one day i'll get a bumblebee and i got paid off you got you got bumblebee that's true it's and a good movie bumblebee was excellent mm-hmm. i that that would be the one i would recommend people go back and like if you're gonna watch transformers crap in 2020 bumblebee would be the my entry point for new fans and stuff like go mm-hmm. watch bumblebee if you are an old fan and you want uh this is giving you a nostalgia buzz and you want to go watch something, watch the 86 movie and maybe just watch the opening of it because the Battle of Autobot City is just, oh, it's so good, man. It's so good. I love it. The rest of the movie, you know. I mean, how can you argue with the rest of that movie? Leonard Nimoy is Galvatron. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's Orson money. Wells is Orson Unicron. Wells is in there, but like Leonard Nimoy is Galvatron is where the fucking money is. Really. Coronation Starscream. This is bad comedy. Megatron, is that you? Here's a hint. Every single time we sometimes we switch roles, but usually, we do. I'm, usually I'm Galvatron. I like doing Galvatron yeah. better, but because I like Starscream is so Paul, entertaining. Paul, that Paul is totally like. Are you trying to say that I'm like Starscream? I was going to say, no, Paul, you're a big fan of Starscream. You, I am a huge fan of Starscream. You've always been like the Starscream guy. Yeah, because he's fucking great. He, he'll he betray any anyone for Absolutely. any reason on, at the drop of a hat, a turn on a dime for no reason. When he came back in Beast Wars and like possessed Waspinator for no reason, I was so down. Because the second time he's done that, because he did that in the animated series. They killed him, and then he came back and started like possessing... 
think he possesses dirge or ramjet or yeah, one of those like, because yeah. his, oh no cyclonus sorry cyclonus yeah because for some reason his spark is immortal because he has fan immortality he like yeah. everybody likes starscream too much yeah they can't get rid of star they can't they never will yeah no. absolutely so my number two is gargoyles oh, the nice. disney afternoon brilliant star trek tie-in start basically <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Yeah, so gargoyles about the gargoyles who are betrayed by their human, I guess, caretakers and get turned into stone and then uh, emerge a thousand years later to live life in the big city in New York, brought back to life by Xanatos, who's played by Jonathan Frakes of William Riker fame. It is probably the show that... Besides my number one, I was dying to see the next episode every week. The storylines were also, there were the occasional kind of like one-off episodes, but it is a very arc-heavy, serialized, you have to watch every episode to know what's going on, all the characters build off of each other, and the, the big myth arcs in gargoyles are really fucking cool man like this was adult storytelling like this was like avatar the last airbender before avatar like they were making the show ostensibly for kids but with adult storytelling in mind for sure like my favorite storyline is definitely the avalon storyline where the archmage who was like this bit bad guy in the original season goes real hard into like some wibbly wobbly timey wimey closed time loop magic and the gargoyles have to defeat him along with the weird sisters from Macbeth and Macbeth is a character in this for no reason except that he's fucking great yeah it was a weird I remember watching that and being like this that was kind of where the show was like it drifted off from me a little bit oh so good so I was like this is really weird yeah um, but Macbeth and Demona who's played by uh, Marina, Marina Sirtis, Sirtis yeah the who, amazing Marina Sirtis yeah who and Demona is the best character on the show absolutely 100% she's the original black arachnia yeah 100% she's fucking great we didn't talk about beast wars that's in my honorable mentions yeah. of course yeah so was well, so that i think that's after my the date would have been for me yeah also it's not transformers g1 so there unfortunately for my life and fandom there just hasn't been enough gargoyles stuff like it's it's a, a series that disney's decided to just kind of Ignore. ignore and drop yeah the creator of the series would love to make more stuff and has always been like yeah well, we're gonna make more not stuff got that over at especially now where marvel is a, a thing why is that not a comic yet um, i think it has been had comic tie-ins okay. but it's definitely well, i'm sure it absolutely had one of those like animated uh what do you call it the adventures kind of gargoyles adventures or whatever something like that yeah the way we had batman adventures that were yeah basically the animated series in comic book form but it just it, it recently got a little bit of a boost on disney plus because uh once disney plus relaunched they they gave us all the disney afternoon stuff tailspin darkwing duck darkwing duck darkwing duck so good chippendale's rescue rangers mm-hmm. great great stuff but gargos was like the show for older kids it was definitely like the show that if you were and like the show where i'm about to talk about like if you were a fan of batman the animated series 
you would see gargoyles and be like, oh, that's cool. I kind of want to look at that. Yeah, yeah. And I did watch a good chunk of it because Paul was into it. And it, it has that like, well, it kind of looks like Batman. Yeah. The tone um, is like very dark, gothic yeah. and dark. They, it's set in New York City. Um, they, it has to be at nighttime because the gargoyles can't uh, turn to stone during the day. Yeah. So it's all very, by the nature of the way that they set up the story, they were allowed to do some darker stuff. Like there's the episode where... Broadway accidentally shoots Elisa yep. with her gun because yep. she's playing with it and it's like super like super PSA. after school special super too. after school yeah. special don't play with still, your parents guns kids kind yeah. of thing but yeah yeah, yeah. it was I, like she was in the hospital for the entire episode yeah. and like I don't know nine year old me was losing his fucking I remember, mind I remember watching that episode. I loved Elisa yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I still, I just rewatched all three seasons and like the last, the world tour arc is a little bit weird mm-hmm. because they have to take a boat from Avalon and Avalon doesn't take you where you want to go. It takes you where you need to be. And so you're, they're constantly going to Wait, these other Avalon's places. The TARDIS now? Exactly. It is gargoyle TARDIS. Okay. And right. so they get to meet different gargoyles in different parts of the Talk world. About, like grown up shows that I watched as a kid that I shouldn't have is Doctor Who. Doctor Who. <laughs> Definitely. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, but yeah. This is not a kid's show. Gargoyles needs more media. It deserves more media. I agree, man. Actually, I would, they should do a comic or something. Well, they, what they should do is reboot the fucking animated series and give us more. Just give us I, more. Hey, man, all those Star Trek guys are probably looking for work, you know? Marina and Jonathan are obviously willing to work together again. You know who else is in that? Uh, it, the the guy with the glasses. The Brent assistant. Spiner. That's Brent Spiner, yeah. Yes. And then Michael Dorn does an episode. I think LeVar yeah. Burton's got a guest spot. And the only main cast member of TNG who doesn't show up at some point is Sir Pat. I don't think there's a yeah. Sir Pat episode. Yeah. But they also tie some Deep Space people in there. Like, pretty, pretty sure. Uh, uh, pretty sure. Did let me Alexander Sadig and then a visitor do an episode or something like that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Gargoyles. Because it would have run. It, it was. It started in 1994 and Deep Space would have started in 94, 95, 93. I don't know. Whatever. Either way. Uh, yeah. Gargoyles was a show that you watched the shit out of. So. Yeah. Uh, Comini. Um, yeah. Avery Brooks. There Michelle Nichols. See, there you go. Lots yeah, of Star Trek. Lots along. Star Trek stuff. So. Uh, Avery Brooks, the fucking captain. My captain. Yeah. That a boy. Can't get a Pat Stew, but you can get a. Get a Cisco? Yeah. Interesting. If I could resurrect any animated series, it would be this one. Fair enough. This is the one. Well, that's a good um, transition, because if I could resurrect any animated series... It what's your number one? My number one, which is Batman the Animated Series. Batman the Animated which Series. Which is why that ever ended, aside from the... So they could make Superman and then Justice League. Mm-hmm. Which, fine. <laughs> like, I watched... Yeah, but uh, the original animated Batman the Animated Series, which kind of just falls under the the line for like the cutoff you gave us, like yeah. at, at ten or eleven, twelve years old, because this show debuted in nineteen ninety two, and I was ten or eleven, eleven. Yeah, man, the math's not easy right now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> adding and subtracting is definitely having some problems our... with math right now. But yes, yeah. so Batman the Animated Series. I mean, I don't. This is again. It's one of those like, do I? What do I have to say? Like, it's Batman. It's animals. fucking incredible. It's, so, it's still incredible. Yeah, it's still like it's. That's one of those shows when we did this list. I was like, you know what? It's funny because like I would never go back and rewatch any of these shows, but except for Batman the Animated Series, I'll I always watch Batman the Animated Series mm-hmm. when it shows up. It showed up on Netflix at one point a couple years ago, just for like I think it was there for like six months. Mm-hmm. I watched it twice, like yeah. the whole way through. Yeah. <laughs> I love Batman the Animated Series. It, this is like it's my Batman. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Like it's the Batman that is the like when I think of Batman, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice. Mm-hmm. When I read Joker, I hear Mark Hamill's voice. Mm-hmm. 
the animation style. I love Bruce Timm's art yeah. style on this. The characterizations for the particular rogues was the best in this. It's still like, consistent again, and really exactly, well done. Exactly, exactly that. Like it's still those are still the way I kind of picture those characters should be characterized. Mm-hmm. Like the way they should be handled is kind of based on the animated series, just aged up, and that's kind of what we got with the Arkham games, mm-hmm. which is kind of a through line into that back from that animated series because of the career like Paul Dini wrote Asylum and City or was involved at least in writing Asylum and City and then yeah. obviously we had Hamill and Conroy doing the voices of Joker and Batman and that yeah those games but the original animated series like is one of those it was a weird like this is a Fox evening show it was treated like an adult cartoon it tracks as an adult like show and yeah. stuff like that it still has a lot of fun for kids yeah lots but, of fun for kids but uh, um tim burton could have taken some notes on how to do that kind of like retro futuristic 30s well, I mean, but like, futuristic it, it ties back to the way tim burton kind of conceived of gotham conceived for sure. of gotham yeah like a lot of that anton first design work is tied back into the animated series like mm-hmm. when you go on and there's tons of documentation this is one of those shows that's so iconic and everybody's seen it and it's been written about and talked about ad nauseum forever mm-hmm. like all the stuff about how they drew it where like everything was drawn on black first and like brought up so that everything was fucking dark and gritty and nasty and it looked like gotham city should mm-hmm. and, and even as the show progressed and like we like you, you they did the new art style and like the all black Batman, yeah. like all that kind of stuff. I was always on board with the show because the storytelling was always the best. The characters were always great. And there's like iconic episodes of this show. You can just go watch it. They hold up so well. I was thinking about, um, there's an episode of the, like uh, the reboot show, like new Batman adventures called over the edge where Barbara Gordon has a, or Batgirl basically has a, a fear attack based on a scarecrow, like scarecrow gas. And she imagines Gordon, her dying, and Gordon and Batman turning on each other because of it, mm-hmm. and her, him, like Gordon getting involved with Bane and some of the other rogues mm-hmm. to take Batman down because he's so furious about Babs dying, mm-hmm. and this is all Babs's nightmare, right? Yeah, and it's just like one of the coolest fucking episodes you'll ever yeah. sit through. We were just talking about Heart of Ice, <sighs> so good, which is like probably. Probably the best thesis statement you can give for this show. Yeah. I mean, if you were like, why does this show still hold up? Go watch Heart of Ice, yeah. uh, which is the introduction of Mr. Freeze into the animated series, and really yeah. the introduction of the modern interpretation of Mr. Freeze as the tragic villain that has like his, like, his wife, Nora, and like yeah. he's only doing it to save Nora, and yeah. all the horror that goes along with that stuff is in that show. And that's why this show is weirdly holds up for an adult viewer, because... When you're watching that as a kid, you're just like, oh, I hope Batman stops this guy. Mm-hmm. But when you're watching it as an adult, you're like, wow, we, we relate to wow, this fuck, Wow, this fucking sucks. Yeah, like, this that fucking would, sucks for that everybody. That fucking sucks for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like that, that episode's animated just gorgeously and stuff, too. Uh, I love the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, There's a few the, episodes. Uh, I mean, just like the, the Joker Clock King episode. Clock King episode's amazing. Um, jo- Grey Ghost. Every Joker episode. Every Joker episode. I was just thinking about the Grey one. Grey Ghost is excellent because the Adam West tie in, too. Like, we just watched 66, and that's one of those episodes where they did, they had Adam West come back and do the voice of Batman's yeah. hero and stuff, which is great. And we've talked about the introduction of Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, yes, originates from this show. And also. the episode where he, she's trying 
trying to um, get back into Joker's good graces, and she um, he flips out on her because she explains the joke to him at the end, where he, uh, Batman's hanging upside down. I'll never forget that moment. Yeah. It's not funny if you have to explain the joke, and he loses it on her. Mark Hamill, uh, man. And she gets so pissed off. The best, actually, I was the other episode I was thinking about, and I think it's a new Batman Adventures episode, but it's uh, Harley's Holiday. Yeah. Where her and... Uh, it's basically her trying to go straight and just realizing that she's just not capable of doing that anymore and her and i think that was the ori- the first like original was that a, what? animation if either i'm not way. mistaken yeah either way but it was it was an excellent episode like just yeah. a great episode that kind of gave like it that's what that was the episode where i was like oh i get harley now like yeah. i understand harley she was trying to buy the dress and she leaves the security tag on yeah. and uh she flips out and yep. she got the hyena her yep. pet hyenas yeah yeah. And it also introduced us to the uh, the forever relationship that will be Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. Forever and ever, which is heavily featured in the new Harley Quinn series. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Batman the Animated Series, man. We're going to... Actually, we're the next movie that we do on my series, like on my hosting episodes, will be Batman Returns. But after that, which uh, I mean, yeah, we're not looking. No one. Well, I don't know if anyone's looking for. I'm looking forward to revisiting that, but uh, I'm more looking forward to just rewatching Mask of the Phantasm. Yes, and we're going to be doing Mask of the Phantasm. Probably it'll be, I guess, three weeks from now ish, like a month from now. We'll, we'll get into Mask of the Phantasm, and Mask of the Phantasm is a fucking masterpiece. Like, it just is just a masterclass of a Batman. It's it's my pre Nolan favorite Batman movie for sure. Because right. it's the best one. Yeah. It's just really well written. You've got Kevin Conroy, Batman, and Mark Hamill, Joker. Written by guys who understand how Batman and the Joker should be and interact. 100%. And like, yeah. So, yeah. The, the animated series still holds up. If you don't haven't seen it and you're a Batman fan, well... I don't really can't really consider you a Batman fan then I guess yeah. if you haven't seen the show because it is Batman to me like it's the core of the the core of the character in my head is this animated series I think as much as any comic book I think for the most part yeah although some of that Neil Adams Denny O'Neill shit really like has very much percolated and you know <laughs> yeah for sure in my brain for a long time so yeah yeah all right so um, your number one well, this is my exciting. number one is uh sailor moon this is where i just shut up yeah so uh sailor moon is uh was originally a uh manga by nako takeuchi she drew and wrote this fucking she basically made sentai, super sentai for girls mm-hmm. and my gay ass apparently yeah. because um i was a fucking obs- more obsessed with this show than any other show in my growing up it came out when i was 10 years old in north america there was a translation by a company called deke that was out of the greater toronto area and they did a great job butchering this show um yeah, went on a rant yesterday that lasted 25 minutes uh, that I, like, I don't even know what he's talking about anymore yeah there was uh they did a lot of stuff to the original series to first americanize it to make it more palatable for western audiences um but also changed a lot of the characterizations and stuff like that so once i learned how to download anime i was able to watch all 200 episodes of the original japanese series and this fucking show is great in certain seasons the high highs for me are what really and the aesthetic of the show are what make it so important to me growing up like i used to play sailor moon in the playground with my friends when I was a kid, with my two female friends, Danielle and Caitlin, back in the day, we used to play Sailor Moon on the schoolyard Fair. thing. And I wasn't tuxedo mask all the time. I was full gay. <laughs> like, I just, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 
And there's just something about the Power Ranger Sailor Moon aesthetic where like you get to choose your favorite, but the iconography and the it's Japanese Ninja Turtles, man. Yeah, but there's uh, also girls, like I guess <laughs> yeah. There's the everything about the characters. Every character has a color scheme. They have an element associated with them. They have a zodiac sign associated with them. There's something about it that is so well thought out and so thorough that you, when you choose your favorite, it's like that's my Sailor Scout. You know, you know. It was just like man. And then I needed to learn every attack because their attacks would evolve. Every time there was a new season, their powers would grow. So they evolved along with you. And so you get to learn a whole new set of powers. And there was a new set of bad guys every season. And so you got to get to know them. And that could... It really uh, is just a Power Rangers show, eh? 100%. But the thing about it is... Power Rangers tended to change their cast. I mean, in the original Power Rangers, like we still had some people kind of go along. Yeah. But eventually, every season, there would be a new set of rangers. But Sailor Moon, it was the same core five scouts easier, throughout the whole thing. Easier to do with animation, yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, 100%. Right. And so the story of Usagi or Serena in the North American version just resonated with me. And all of her friends, like Amy, who was really not very good at making friends when she was growing up because she was smarter than everybody else and people were intimidated by her or like Ray with her spirituality, poor Ray who got, whose character was assassinated in the North American version. If you think Sailor Mars is a bitch, it's because you didn't watch the original. So go fuck yourself. Easy there, tiger. Yeah. Easy tiger. And Sailor Uranus and Neptune are not cousins. They are girlfriends. It's fine. Um, when they, they brought it to North America, they called them cousins, but they didn't edit out any of their physical romanticism. And so that got really weird, really fast. <laughs> Jillian Jacobs just posting random shit to Instagram. She's great. She is really great. So uh, Sailor Moon uh, is a franchise I still care about. Mm-hmm. Um, I wa- There was a reboot that more closely hewed to the manga without a lot of the original anime's filler called Sailor Moon Crystal and it's pretty good like this the animation style uh is not what I was used to because I was so into the original series but it it was more more true to the manga the original manga than the anime so good stuff all around Sailor Moon Crystal Sailor Moon is still a franchise that if they remake it I will watch it I've seen I've even seen the live action uh, pretty Soldier Sailor Moon that was surprisingly good. Okay. Yeah, it was really I never, weird. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, there was a, a there was a live action Sailor Moon series that I watched in its entirety. It was really hard to get fan subs of that because people were like, oh, it's not an animation, so we're not going to watch yeah. it, but it was Sailor Moon, so yeah. people did. Um, there is a devoted fan base to Sailor Moon, and there probably always will be, similar to, like, Dragon Ball is for boys and Sailor Moon is for girls. Like, Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. And so Sailor Moon will always be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, wraps up our meat of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions? Like what else do you talk about? Honorable mentions. Hey, Arnold. Okay. That was a big one for me. And did not shy away from like their really heavy topics. They talked about homelessness. They talked about like domestic abuse. Holy shit. But it was like, I love the animation style. It's so weird. I don't remember ever watching this show. Yeah. One of the Nickelodeon shows just a little bit after your time. Yeah. What else? There was, yeah, the Men in Black series I wanted to talk about a little yeah. bit because it was so cool. Jackie Chan Adventures, when right. I was growing up, was fucking cool. What else was there? Various other 
animated like Pokemon. I was twelve when it really started yeah. to hit. Well, that was kind of like I mean, Batman was that that thing because like the, I could have I could have sat here very easily and just said like all the Timverse stuff. You know what I mean? Batman, yeah. the animated series, the Superman is my favorite. That's my favorite Superman adaptation. It's not a comic book. The Justice League shows both great, mm-hmm. like uh, Justice League and Unlimited. Uh, Unlimited is still my f- maybe favorite team up superhero thing. Although at this point, Endgame, like Infinity War and Endgame, basically kind of trump everything. But yeah. I mean, back in the day, it was the only way to get like, oh, look at all these fucking superheroes on screen at the same time. Was weirdly enough the Timverse stuff, you know? What yeah, I mean? like really getting the big iconic versions of those characters together. What else yeah. did I have in here? Um, I had to honorable mention a show that was coming out while I was in high school, but was so mark had buffy she he was the same age as buffy when he was growing up i technically had rory gilmore but what who i really had was daria and (laughs) daria was who i was growing up with when i was in high school and she graduated around the same time i did too and so i my true my true north when it came to my high school experience was daria for sure yeah 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 mine was buffy buffy was very much my thing like i still loved buffy but it was just like they were just a little i I, they were aspirational to me yeah they were like that's like your older brother basically yeah yeah. they they were my contemporaries yeah Yeah, but daria was my contemporary yeah Yeah, because i had that and i found out later that i'm the same age as harry potter because harry potter in the books is born in 1981 yeah so that he went to high school, he would have been in school at the same time as me, which I, I don't care because yeah. he's not Buffy. Yeah, and I would actually would really enjoy watching Sir Michelle Gellar kick Harry Potter in the head. That's for you, Christy, if you listen to this. Yeah, Buffy's better than Harry Potter, guys. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, other honorable mentions for me, I, I don't have a ton. There's some shows in the '80s I watched a lot of, like Mask, and, and there's another one I can't remember the name of. With the, remember the one with the three big monsters. It had really gross at the guts and stuff. Mom and dad hated that I wanted to watch it. Toxic Adventure? No, Adventure. no, no. Something I'll, I'll look it up and like I'll well I'll 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 tell you. I won't tell the audience because you guys yeah. suck and you don't get to hear that because I'm not gonna go look it up now. Um Thundercats. Thundercats. We didn't talk about Thundercats. I really like Thundercats. I didn't hate G.I. Joe, like I did watch it. Yeah. Um, but I was more of a Transformers guy. Yeah. Because Transformers are cooler, mm-hmm. really. I mean, who's cooler? Cobra Commander or fucking Megatron? It's the answer is Megatron. Megatron is cooler. 100%. So that's the answer to that. And then like, there's the same kind of thing with Paul, but like uh, Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes, I watched, I love that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Classic, like super hyper violent kids cartoons. I love that stuff. Uh, And still. I didn't allow the Simpsons on this because it was too obvious, but we both. Yeah. Simpsons was like the first one that I kind of was like, um. No, it's the ones that were made for kids. I, I cut it off because it was made for adults originally so just because we watch it as kids doesn't mean we should have watched it as kids yeah this problem is that, like you want to talk about one of those shows that holds up like those those early seasons of the simpsons i can still watch all the time yeah and still do disney plus yeah thanks. i really wish they get the four by three in there and get they're them. supposed to fix that by next month it was supposed so. to be fucking in the new year but yeah. hey, now we're in april yeah although what else March weather i don't know what's going on yeah anymore. either way yeah uh yeah so those are kind of like the big honorable mentions for me yeah so that was about. i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i wanted to mention and i can't think um, power rangers was basically a cartoon but yeah. like live action so there was the Alcène lupin show that i used to watch um that was really big for me we had um, eon flux and stuff that you really eon like later flux on. and I the max of, that's the thing that was made for grown-ups but i shouldn't have watched that when i was a kid but so i did the thing, though, it's like a lot of weird stuff that like as because i'm such an animation fan like it's not at an art form that like oh i gave up watching cartoons when i grew up because i never grew up you know like i'm yeah. a 40 year old kid or 38 year old kid 
So I still watch animated stuff all the time. Yeah. The only series that I put away when I was like growing up was Pokemon and that came back full force. So like, you know, fuck that. Whatever. I mean, in some, in some instances I've kind of put away like Ninja Turtles and Ninja Turtles is one I like to draw, but it's not something I go crazy about anymore. Yeah. He-Man's like that. We're <laughs> like, yeah, it was a kid show that I like, but like there's not any contemporary stuff that has aged into adulthood gracefully. It, yeah. Whereas Transformers, I can kind of squint and it still works. Yeah. Batman is just, Batman's fucking Batman. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So uh, let's move on to our final stingless segment, which is our geek cred. So it's a, the one where we recommend something that we've been enjoying uh, recently or that we've previously enjoyed that we recommend to people to watch. So, uh, Mark, what's your geek cred? This uh, week? Mask of the Phantasm. Although I would recommend people watch Batman Returns and get prepped for our little episode about that in a couple of weeks because mm-hmm. uh, I've watched it once to start doing my notes, but I watched it with Kevin Smith commentary so that I got my hate properly aligned. Mm-hmm. He hates that movie as much as I do and or is confused by that movie as much as I am, I guess, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but Mask of the Phantasm. Like, yeah. if you're going to watch anything batman like i would recommend just batman the animated series just for, you got lots of time yeah you got to stay indoors guys so watch batman the animated series because yeah. it holds up every episode's fucking at least like a three-star episode even like the worst one you know, i'm like this is totally watchable for 22 minutes yeah and like you get these iconic performances by kevin conroy and yeah. mark hamill mark hamill's joker is burned in my brain yeah till the end of time like i'm never going to be able to hear anybody else do that character yeah. And accept it. Oh, except for he. I mean, like Heath, but that was kind of. I don't know why I thought of the almost got him episode from uh, Batman, where they're all. That's what I mean, though. But like every second episode is like a fucking classic, classic episode. Yeah. So yeah, Batman the animated Batman the animated series is just like almost above and beyond reproach. Yeah. And you can watch so much of that because like it, Superman animated series is of similar to excellent quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Justice League is just like, especially once you get to Unlimited, is as good as the animated series in its own like Justice League way. Yeah. But like for pure Batman love, there's nothing better than that animated series and Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. So. Yeah. My geek cred is going to be reflected in my number one, my the Sailor Moon. The original Japanese animated series is 200 episodes, and it is a little filler heavy. And I'm going to warn you in advance. However... Well, I mean, somebody might right now watch that. Yeah. Some of the filler is kind of meh, but the main arcs of all of the... Especially the first three seasons are incredible. I have to say, especially Sailor Moon S, which is the third season, is like some of the best anime storytelling, I think... I've ever seen and it has been ripped off multiple times and the director of that season went on to create my favorite of all time anime revolutionary girl Utena which I've talked about on the podcast multiple times before so Sailor Moon S is the one where they introduce Uranus Neptune and Saturn Pluto comes the season before just like for a brief moment and it's really fucking good so check it out because it's worth it. And again, 200 episodes, it's going to fill some time for you. You might like lose track when the, you see the same transformation animations like every single episode. They had budgetary restrictions, of course. So that's that was their trick was to do transformations. But other than that, definitely holds up. Go watch it. It's fun. Fair. Yeah. And with that, I guess that's, that's the end. Yeah, man. So, uh, Alright, thank you everybody for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe, which you can do via whichever podcatching app you prefer. 
We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Stitcher and on Spotify. Give us a rating if you think we're doing a good job. Give us a five-star rating, please. We enjoy that and we would really appreciate it. We'd also love to hear what you thought about our lists. Did we miss, are there any glaring omissions? Do you disagree with us and think our taste is shit? Go ahead and tell us. Tell us on Facebook. I mean, you're wrong, but... Yeah, you're wrong, but like, tell us on Facebook.com slash Dance Robot Dance Podcast, on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast, or email us at Dance Robot Dance Podcast at gmail.com. So say good afternoon, Mark. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's the middle of the day. Uh, Good night, guys. Have a good one. Yeah. See you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.